Welcome to Superman and Lois, the new adventures podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're continuing our wrap up and look back at season one of the CW Superman and Lois. But we do have a bit of news for season two to get into first. And that is that Ian Bone, as I believe how you say his name, from Teen Wolf has been cast for a multi-episode arc in season two, according to Deadline. So Bowen is going to play Lieutenant Mitch Henderson, the metaphorical new sheriff in town at the DOD. His worldview divides into two types, those you serve and those who serve you. He doesn't like that Superman exists outside that paradigm and tries to bring the Man of Steel under his authority officially. So this is, to me, this is very interesting because this sounds like the direction I thought they were going to go with Sam Lane. And so I, I for one, am, I'm kind of happy that they're bringing in somebody else to kind of go down that path and to to take that line because I like Grandpa Sam and him being a good person and helping out with the family and stuff. So I, I'm pretty happy to see somebody else step in and do that. Yeah, I'm not terribly familiar with the actor. I don't know that I've seen him in anything. Uh, he obviously has worked with Tyler Hecklin before. Um, I think it's cool that it's a multi-episode arc and it's yeah. not a, a one-off guest star thing or a series regular. I, I always like those in-between two or three episode arcs for a character or something like that where they bring in a character to cause some conflict and then... Maybe it gets resolved and everybody moves on with their day. And maybe there's a chance for him to come back later. Uh, there is a Mitch Anderson in the comics. This is sounds nothing like that, really. Uh, he was first introduced as a teenager in the Death of Superman storyline. Uh, he did come back years later uh, very differently, and they did some different things with him. Uh, so I don't know if they're planning on going that way. Yeah, I guess this means we will see more of the DoD. Does does make me wonder, what is going to happen with Grandpa Sam? I picture yeah. him buying not buying but maybe working at the diner or something just <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to provide wisdom that is that's my dream for him he's gonna move into smallville and work at the diner i've had i bet he has some really good cooking skills that's what i'm that's all i can think of um but yeah that sounds like they'll i guess they've got those dod sets and they want to <laughs> make good use of them and yeah I, I think this could they'll probably involve don henry in this because he was offered a chance to work at the dod maybe yeah. that doesn't work out or something and uh, John Henry knows he's needed or something like that. I don't know. Um, not sure how they're going to handle that, but now we have news on season two as they've been filming for quite a while now. Uh, that did get me thinking about a role that he could potentially fill in the show is they, they made a big deal of how bad the mayor of Smallville is. Maybe he could step in as the mayor. Are we talking about Mitch? No, I'm talking about Sam, but he is not oh. super popular in Smallville, so I don't know if that's that's possible. I think from all the mean looks that Lana gave the mayor, mm-hmm. I would be shocked if she's not yeah. running for mayor in season two or trying to getting more involved somehow and trying to get him out of office. Some sort of conflict there, if not Lana trying to become mayor. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think Sam Lane would be too popular. Maybe they forgave him, forgave him fast. Uh, so last time we talked a lot about some characters, some overall thoughts on season one and everything like that. We talked about the main cast. And so go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. But now we'll get into some of the more supporting characters and then get into some story stuff as we probably wrap up our review today. Uh, in terms of recurring characters, um, we'll, we'll get some that, that jump out here. But what do you think of Stacey Farber as Leslie Lahr? I think she does a really good job of basically being somebody who doesn't care how mean or bad she is. Uh, she, I think she plays really well off of Morgan Edge as the henchman and confidant and uh, 
especially the confrontation that she has with Lois later on in the season, I think she gets to to show off just how bad of a baddie she is. Um, yeah, I, I liked her character. I, I am, we don't know a whole lot about her backstory or who she used to be or who the Kryptonian is inside of her. So I wish we would have gotten a little bit more about that, but uh, she is still on the run. So I, I think we'll probably get more from her. Yeah. Well, no, she was abducted or she's, she's in custody, right? Uh, they did get her back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she was just kind of a cool henchman, like you said, just, I'm here to do bad things. I think her backstory would be interesting to get into, maybe not in the show, if they've kind of moved on from the storyline, but maybe if they could do a tie-in comic or novel or something like that, I wish they would do. But it is, that's really fascinating. I think that a, the show could have approached it a different way, not that they should have necessarily, but seeing how she went from being Irma Sayers to being Leslie Lahr, uh, and what that that's like I don't know I think that could have been interesting to explore more I think there's an alternate universe where she, she once she became powerful got powers from Morgan Edge she took over and I think they could have done some cool things with how that actually happens how someone's convinced to get in a tanning bed of transformation and and do that but I, yeah I think she was a cool uh, villain what about Sophia Hasmic as Crispy Beppo I really like her character she she plays really well off of Lois Lane, I think she is, uh, she might even be uh, more, at some time she's like spunkier than Lois Lane and less afraid to, to get into trouble. And I like seeing that. And it's nice to have somebody working at the Smallville Gazette who is, is writing articles. So yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's good. And she also injects humor a lot of times when uh, it's, it's hard to find in the show because it is so serious. And especially the, the main core group of people are going through some really tough stuff so it's you can't really expect a ton of humor from them yeah a she's fun and like well somebody would see more of in season two if she's been up to a series regular uh she did provide a lot of humor kind of filling a gym and a role that would normally be filled by like jimmy olsen or chloe sullivan in smallville uh in terms of another somebody to bounce ideas and thoughts off of in there so i think that was uh pretty good i i enjoyed her in season one and uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot more of her. Yeah. What about Jocelyn Picard as Sophie Cushing? The other Cushing child. Uh, we saw her for a t- grand total of maybe like 10 minutes, if that. But we've heard a lot about her and how terrible she is. So I I guess if I'm going to take people at the word, I don't like her because she's a really mean person. But from what I've <laughs> seen, she seems... to her mom. Right. <laughs> from what I've seen, she's fairly nice, normal, young child. <laughs> Yeah, I let me say I like the I think the the actress did good. I think the character I think if they would rework the show, maybe she'll have more to do in future seasons, but in the first season I think they maybe had plans for her mm-hmm. or wanted to fill out that role. I don't think they ever I think I I don't know how to say this. I think they it would have worked better if Sophie was Lana's niece and then yeah. they could just have her pop in when they needed to say things she shouldn't say or, or that kind of thing caused a little bit of drama there but they didn't they struggled and it's tough with child actors because they can only be on set certain times you don't want her a lot of the the scenes where she wasn't involved they were out at night and that kind of stuff so it was like that was one of the tiny problems in the season they had to always take time to explain why Sophie wasn't there and hmm. that kind of stuff so they did mention it but yeah I bet if they could redo season one already they would have her be a, a niece or something that would pop up occasionally. That way you don't have to come up with an excuse. But I thought the character was fine for the limited screen time, like you said. 
Yeah. And I do like seeing Sarah being a bigger sister to mm-hmm. her and having to uh, to deal with those issues as well. It's nice to see another family and another sibling relationship other than just the twins. It's nice to see a, a sibling relationship with an age difference too. No, that is a that is a really good point. And this is definitely a character that maybe in season three or four, uh, there's more to do. Um, mm-hmm. What about the other Smallville, the football team? You know, there's Sean, there's Timmy. Everybody knows Timmy. Uh, any thoughts on the, the football characters who, who popped up every so often? Uh, it's nice that I, sometimes on, I don't think they really do this anymore, but maybe like on some of the older weekly shows, they would just switch actors out willy nilly. And you didn't really care or know who they were. They were just generic Smallville football player number one and two. So it's nice to see familiar faces and to, you don't really learn much of their backstory or anything, but it's nice to see, to know like, oh yeah, that's that person from the football team. That being said, I I don't think any of them particularly stood out as very nice people or good (laughs) judges of morals or good role models or anything like that. They, They seem to be basically focused on bullying people and drinking and that's about it yeah kind of cliched football football jocks um not a, not a ton of great characters there we saw yeah and, and i guess that's not really what the show's about but like you said i i do like that we saw the same ones the same mm-hmm. handful repeatedly so so much that i'm like we've seen him two three times before right yeah um so that was good and that's something i hope they do more with the adult characters in the future mm-hmm. uh getting to see some different people working in Smallville, some farmers or something like that. Um, one of those farmers is Cobb Brandon. We only saw him a couple times. I liked him. He's uh, another character from the comics, mm-hmm. a farmer, and uh, we see him in the pilot and he shows up later on, but he, he doesn't get much to do. But I think I'd like to see what's up with the, the farms in Smallville that we heard about. Yeah, I, I think especially in the second half of the season, they started getting better about, like you said, bringing in uh, – adult face familiar faces in smallville especially the fonts like emily and uh mm-hmm. daughter avery and then her husband i can't remember his name um but bringing in the fond family and then like you said uh cobb brandon hopefully we get to see some some more of them popping up more frequently yeah the powells and mm-hmm. the powells popped up a couple of times so those kind of things uh of course coach Gaines, uh, oh my he's gosh. just he's just he's the truest villain of season one just talking trash to children all day long uh i, th- I think we've touched on that enough throughout the season yeah we know he is he is the true villain <laughs> but uh george dean also not seeming like a great guy a two-sided politician uh in there and we, we talked about maybe lana would have something to do with that future um yeah i think that's that covers the vast majority of them we didn't talk about tegan uh, Tegan, there was Zeta Rowe, Tal's father, but I think that does it mostly for recurring. In terms of guests and, and more one-off or two-off type characters, there was the Kents. Um, we saw Martha a couple times and got to know her much more. I don't think Jonathan ever spoke in the show. Yeah. Uh, Clark's parents. Um, Perry White, we just saw brief glimpses of. Um, these, those three are all, you know, anytime you bring more of the Kents or Perry White, I'd love to see that in the show. So other guest stars, Thaddeus Kilgrave, Dab- Dabney Donovan. Ron Troop, uh, anything, anybody jump out there that you want to touch on? I think I maybe briefly mentioned this last time, but if not, I, I liked Thaddeus Kilgrave a lot because I I don't know if I'm just nostalgic or I just pref- like this kind of storytelling where there's different villains coming in. It doesn't have to be necessarily Freak of the Week, uh, but like different villains coming in 
on a more rotating basis so we get to see superman pitted against different kinds of powers instead of the the last half where like there's always a big bad and you're gonna it's gonna be drawn out over some episodes but it'd be nice to see superman contend with uh some different kinds of threats mm-hmm. and, and yeah seeing him go against the mad scientist was really yeah. cool that's why i like Kilgrave and it teased maybe there's more to whatever's going on with inner gang and metropolis and all that hopefully you know that's something that's a seed for future seasons because i think that could make some great stories there but yeah i also like seeing the this was one off so i wouldn't mind Kilgrave returning uh with a bigger plan or something like that but yeah i think not all villains have to be the season long type yeah and Ron troop i liked another daily planet thing um daily planet reporter that we saw in the the flashback episode that i'd like to see more of it that's just a character i like from the comic yeah okay well um i guess we can overall we nitpick a lot but we're pretty both pretty positive on the story for this season one wouldn't you say oh definitely yeah like looking at the 15 episodes i don't know that any of them are poorly written or done anything like that um we can certainly nitpick because that's what we do here but let's start with what the show did best um, what what are some of the, the highlights for you? We've talked about a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, looking more at the story, what do you think the show did best? I think just the main overarching thing, and this was their stated goal from the outset, was to focus on family relationships. And originally, I thought that was just going to be the Clark, uh, Lois, and the boys. I thought it was just going to be the Kent family, but that extended even to like the Cushing family and bringing in more uh, relatives and superman's different parents and everything so i it really did i think they delivered on their promise of showing the intricacies of like family relationships and as how it you would have to deal with having superpowered people in your family so I, I think they did a really good job with that which is is good because i think that's what they were setting out to do and that's kind of the heart of the show and so if they've done a good job at that the show's gonna be pretty good yeah and for me it always comes back to to clark and lois and getting their characters characterization right which we talked about last time but also their relationship in general um loving they challenge you know they constantly challenge each other but are still supportive of each other and you never question that relationship i thought that was really great to see a a healthy relationship but also one that has a lot of challenges a lot of struggles and on this massive scale so that was good the the brothers had a really good relationship as well um the Cushing stuff was pretty well done. I hope there's more to that. But the Cushing family as well, like you said, were it was good to see a different family in small Smallville. I liked the balance, especially early. Uh, as the season goes on, it it's tips more towards superhero stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is naturally it's going to happen. But it, I would like to see, not, maybe it did it a bit much, but I liked how much early on it focused on the humans. Uh, and the superpowers were just a part of that. And it really focused on the human stuff. So like the smaller day-to-day type things, going to, you know, taking your kids to school, um, the family relationships, like you mentioned. So uh, this wasn't a pure 15 episode Superman taking on something. I, I like Clark Kent and I like Lois Lane and I like focusing on them outside of just whatever Superman's punching that week. I like some of that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I did like the focus was pretty heavy on the human stuff. And I, I liked that. Yeah. And that again kind of plays into the more grounded nature of it which is it's kind of weird to say a grounded superhero show or a ground especially a grounded superman show just because he's such so far out of the actual day-to-day reality that we deal with but kind of grounding it in the human nature of kal-el of clark kent and like you said showing more of that especially early on the season that's i think that's something they did really well i i definitely agree with that uh i i really liked lois and chrissy's relationship we 
we're kind of just touching on that, but uh, their back and forth and how they play off each other and how they support each other at the Smallville Gazette, I, I really think they did a good job with that. And I think they've especially set themselves up for some really good moments and stories uh, in future seasons, especially since they're bringing on uh, Chrissy Beppo as a recurring character or a, a regular. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was, they definitely did some interesting things there. And we joke about Lois not really writing a lot of stories. Um, but besides that, I think the, the Gazette was handled pretty well. Yeah. Uh, things we'd change anything like what major would you, would you change here? Uh, we've, I think we've said it a lot of times, but basically the, the whole Morgan edge Tauro kind of storyline, I, I have a hard time. I don't, I don't know if how I would change it to make it something I'd want to see. And I don't want to be as harsh to say, I don't want to see it at all, but it just didn't really work for me. Most of it really i i this kind of goes back to what we we're talking about the human versus superhero balance i i liked morgan edge as morgan edge the the character from the comic books this conniving super smart uh evil businessman and what he was doing and i was hoping that there was going to be inner gang and he was going to be funding them and all this stuff and then maybe he would be doing research it, you could even do it where he doesn't need to be Tauro, superman's long lost brother he could just be doing the research that brings about the eradicator and he's trying to build an army to take over the world or something. So I don't know it. I know it was try, trying to play into like the family theme of the show, but making him some brand new character who is Kal-El's brother, it just didn't really work for me. Yeah. I don't want to harp on this too much. I don't think it was terribly done or anything like that. And it to put my biases included here, there's so many Superman villains. I'd like to see that seeing 15 episodes focused mainly on one villain uh and that being an original character when there's so many i'd rather see adapted and adding a brother for superman which has never really been his thing it's it's going to be tough to win me over um but even even trying to set that aside as best i can if there's one thing that takes me out of this season it is the the reveal that superman has a brother morgan edge has is really a kryptonian that is superman's brother and has been plotting working in the shadows since at least the year of 1987 Mm-hmm. to uh build the business all this little things he didn't try to approach superman when he first appeared he didn't try to approach superman after he acquired the eradicator it was once he started using the eradicator on smallville that's when he approached him and, and all the backstory that's tough to to buy in that he was working that all that time and like you said i did like morgan edge as he was the first handful of episodes as well so i don't know how massively uh to change it if there's you could probably do an easy tweak where Morgan Edge is actually, you know, who we thought Morgan Edge was the first handful of episodes. And when he gets backed into a corner, he tests this on himself and then he gets possessed by a Kryptonian. If you want to do Tal, you can do Tal or, or any other random Kryptonian. You could probably do that. But more than just not loving the, the Edge was Tal, I think it hurt the story in some ways. It especially hurt Lois's story. There's a lot of things set up. Uh, in the first handful of episodes, Smallville being corrupted by, by Edge, Lois says she was sent to Smallville to deal with Edge, all those kind of things. Sort of the reveal of Tal torpedoed that. So I would like to have, you know, maybe Lois closes in on Edge and then, you know, he's got the police coming. She gets her satisfaction, but then Edge becomes a Kryptonian or superpowered of some kind. Um, you know, I think I would have liked to have seen that. And the fact that Tal is Kal-El's biological half-brother i don't know 
I get the theme of family and everything like you said, but I don't see how it improved the story in any way because they didn't do much with that. I mean, you could say yeah. Tal was raised much differently than Cal and, you, you know, get into the nature and nurture stuff, but they didn't do a ton with that. I never got the sense that Clark treated Tal any differently than if he was any other Kryptonian or any other alien or any other human um, in that situation. That was just kind of a, a twist that I didn't love. But um, I don't, like I said, I don't think it was poorly executed or anything like that. But uh, I think it that's one thing that could have been improved. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of ties in with a, another issue that we had maybe is maybe they lost a little bit of focus or spread things out a little too thin at towards the end of the season where it, it felt like there was a couple different episodes that could have been the finale where everybody gets defeated and Talro is captured and then we kind of mess around for a while and then Tal gets uncaptured and then we have to fight him and capture him again. And it just got, it got a little bit messy towards the end and it, it struck that balance. It kind of pushed the tip, the balance towards the superhero stuff and we didn't get to really focus on any of the human interactions as much as I, I would have wanted to. Yeah, the last handful of episodes leaned more towards people standing around talking about what, you know, the cliched people standing around talking about how the superhero needs to capture the bad guy uh, that, which the show avoided. That's a, that's a thing I should mention that the show did well. I don't think the show is formulaic at, at all. Um, maybe you could yeah. say the season as a whole, you know, when the twists are coming, that kind of thing. But episode to episode, they did a good job of largely starting in different locations and, and different storytelling techniques. It didn't feel like, okay, we're setting up. This is what we're going to talk about this week. I feel like the episodes had a uniqueness to them while still fitting together, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I wonder if... I'm always a proponent of the shorter story arcs, um, three to five episodes that build to something else, maybe, as opposed to 15 episodes versus Tau, but... That doesn't mean it can't be done well. But like you said, there were the multiple things that felt like the finale, 10 and 12. I, I do like the premise of having the family, having a bigger physical threat in the middle of the season, but having the real threat be the family being attacked, you know, Jordan being taken over uh, and that kind of thing, I think are good ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else? Anything else you would have would have changed? Uh, this was more of a smaller nitpick but just the the beginning where they were pretending that john henry irons was luther it didn't really ever amount to anything and i i think it was just trying to throw us off but especially in a show where we already have morgan edge who is kind of filling the lex luther role for a bit at least early on it was just kind of weird to have somebody who we were supposed to think was lex luther but i don't think we ever really thought he was lex luther so i don't know it was was a little weird and it didn't really amount to anything so i I think it was kind of unnecessary yeah i I do wonder it's just a a twist to it's just kind of a twist for twist sakes which i think they initially planned on him being a luther from another earth uh Mm -hmm. and, and then later the idea was john henry iron so but having said that if you know when you know that john henry irons is going to be done is that character the only reason to call him captain luther or have the AI call him Captain Luther, is to mislead the audience who knows the name Irons. So I wonder if I would have been more accepting of the shift for Irons Mm -hmm. if I had known he was Irons from the start. You know, me personally, uh, if you you just like TV and like twists like that, maybe that's... If you're just that, then I don't know that the Irons reveal did anything to you because you might not know who John Henry Irons is. Right. But if you know he's John Henry Irons from the start, I don't know. I think there's... uh, that's a good point. I don't like being, <laughs> I don't like being misled for no yeah. other reason than to be misled. 
Um, it didn't necessarily serve a greater story point or anything like that. It was just a twist to be a twist. Yeah. But, and hopefully it does set up the, even the fact that the words Lex Luthor have been said on this show already, hopefully sets up a real Lex Luthor to show up in later seasons. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any, I don't, I'm not expecting that anytime soon, but it would be weird to go several seasons of a Superman show without ever having Lex Luthor yeah. show up. So we'll see. Anything um, else uh, that stood out to you? Some minor thing you touched on it earlier, but a, a more variety of villains and, and powers that Superman's fighting against mm-hmm. um, would be cool. There's there's time for that to do that in the future, hopefully. Uh, I do think the this isn't necessarily a, a something I'd change, but something I'm. Uh, but there was looking at unanswered questions. They set up a lot of things in the first handful of episodes, and I'll get into this in unanswered unanswered questions later. They set up a lot of things that are not paid off. And so yeah. I wonder if those first five episodes or so, first five, six episodes, were just more world building, and they will address those things in future seasons rather than trying to wrap it all up neatly in season one. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that in a bit. And I do wonder if there there could be a more focused cast. I like everybody on the cast, but there's a, a lot now, uh, mm-hmm. especially if we were really expanding. There's double-digit series regulars um, and a lot of those small-town casts. So it's it's a lot, and it can be a juggle i think they do a fine job juggling it in season one but i could see that presenting a problem down the line uh, yeah. getting further away from from clark and lois uh and lois's family you know it's crazy that they invented a character to be superman's brother when lois lane has almost always canonically had a sister yeah and we don't know anything about lois's family outside of the general does she have a, a mother is her mom still alive i don't think they said that anywhere in season one did they not that I know of, yeah. Or address that she had a sister. And I'm sure they didn't want to, they probably couldn't get Jenna, I think Jenna Dwan, who played Lucy in season one of Supergirl, probably is LA based and mm-hmm. they can't get her in Vancouver because they just kind of dropped her from Supergirl, uh, probably for that reason. But uh, it would be nice to, to figure that out more in the future. Yeah. All right. So some of those unanswered questions and, and plot threads that I mentioned earlier. But Jordan's and, Jordan and Sarah's mental health was a big focus early and kind of went away. And I hope that's something they address more in the future. Yeah, it was, again, really heavily focused on in the first half of the season and then kind of just not necessarily brushed aside, but there's just other things that have come up. But yeah, I I think it's, it's kind of unique. It's not something that you get to see dealt with a whole lot on other shows. And from what they've done so far, I think they've have done a fairly good job of handling it in a, a respectful way. So I, I would be interested to see them dealing with it a little bit more. Yeah. Agreed. Kyle, similar lines, Kyle and his alcohol problem. Yeah. I hope that gets addressed at some point and it's not just a thing that just always happens and nobody really cares that much. <laughs> uh, is the Fortress of Solitude useless now? Is, is Joro gone for good? It seemed like Clark always needed the the physical fortress is there, but he needed the crystal to turn on Jor-El, I guess. Um is there other stuff still usable in the fortress or is it just Jor-El? Yeah, it it seems like that's all that there was. And honestly, we didn't really get as much of Jor-El as I was hoping for, especially knowing that he's gone now. I mean, I think they had a burial for the crystal and everything. So I, I don't know. I I hope that maybe there is a, there's a backup crystal that they can find or some way to restore it or something because I, I'd like to see more interactions. And I'd, I'd love to see Jonathan get to go to the fortress and meet his biological his grandpa from the other side so that that was something we didn't get to see um but uh, i don't know why he didn't get to go yeah absolutely uh 
again, with those those first handful of episodes of world building was a lot about Smallville's financial downturn mm-hmm. and the struggles uh, and the farm. You know, Clark on the farm was supposed to be revitalizing the farm. Those are all stuff that was kind of dropped. So maybe they'll maybe those are just seeds planted for future seasons. Um, but yeah, I hope they get back to that and see the that, that's definitely something that could take multiple seasons. Uh, Smallville's financial recovery and rebuilding the Kent farm. So there were interesting seeds like that that were not really finalized. Yeah. And that was the whole reason for Morgan Edge coming into town. So I don't know if that money is going to stay in Smallville or if they're worse off now than they were before, but we'll see. Something else from early on and like in flashbacks and everything is they've mentioned quite a few times that Lana and Clark have dated, but then specifically in that one episode where we're just going through his memories and he comes back after being gone for, he left after high school and was gone for a while training at the fortress and everything and traveling the world. And he came back and Lana was dating somebody and it was too late for him to, to ask her out. So when did he ask her out and when did he date her? Right. That must've been when they were much younger. Yeah. I guess they didn't, they didn't get into, you mentioned Jonathan visiting the fortress, but also he didn't get an ELT. He had a really rough season overall. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I wonder if they will address that. And Mm -hmm. that's something I wonder if they'll address everything that Jonathan went through, why he's gotten different treatment from Jordan uh, and all of that. I think they could address that in the future. Uh, They took tag who he was the guy with the broken arm who had the the powers and Sam Lane took him away and then he escaped and everything, but they they took him away and then they took him away again. Um, But what, what happened to him and what about the other kids who have powers? Where are they? Are they going to come up again? And what are they, what are they doing to train them and help them? That that was very much dropped again. Maybe a seed for future season. Um, mm-hmm. Lois repeatedly tried to get Clark to talk to the people of Smallville about Edge. Yeah, uh, two or three times throughout the season, and that never, never worked out. Never was the answer. Uh, you are Martha Kent. You are Martha Kent's son. They will listen to you. Uh, but he never really stepped up and and said anything. And along along those lines was the episode where Lois pointed out Clark's a great reporter. He can help us. Yeah. And they have the montage of basically showing him the information and he sticks one thing on the, the bulletin board. And that is his contribution as a reporter, even though they brought that up. And I've mentioned that before, but dropping kind of Clark's been a reporter for 15 years or so and drops it. And that's never addressed again. And along with Perry White, um, Perry White's basically nobody in this show, mm-hmm. but generally speaking in Superman stories, he's very important and they don't, they leave it open what he's been up to as he retired or has something happened to him. I think that's all those things are addressed. But that's also me as a huge fan of the Daily Planet and Clark and Lois working there and, and Perry and Jimmy and all those people. And they they didn't really get into that because that's not what the show wants to be about. Yeah. And there's a lot that Clark can do to save the day without superpowers. And being a reporter is one of them and taking a, a leading role in Smallville. So hopefully we, we do get to see more of that. Uh, what is... They they leave it open that Sarah seems curious about Jordan, um, or she at least has questions. Yeah, and I I, I don't know how long they're gonna yeah they're gonna keep that a secret. And she has seen the video, and she says that she doesn't see anything, while other people do seem to to see that Jordan has powers and whatnot. But I I can't see that being a secret for super long if they're going to if their relationship is going to keep going, um, especially because I, I'm also wondering. How many more powers is Jordan going to get? Is he going to get develop more powers or have any, maybe any new powers that uh, Superman doesn't have? But if if you go through all the comics, I don't think there's a power that Superman hasn't had. Um, but, you know, that might push it over the edge and uh, make Sarah 
discover his secret and how is she going to react to it they ended season one in a great place yeah which means definitely doesn't mean that something horrible is going to happen to the two of them mm-hmm. uh, they, were, they were way too happy so i could see that falling out in the future one of the other questions i had was what is what is this superman's role in the world uh he was a lot more active earlier on in the season the season they were showing him flying all around the world saving people from natural disasters and bridge collapses and whatnot uh, but as the season progressed and they were focusing more on the Tal morgan edge story thing uh he you don't really see him going anywhere else or doing anything and th- there's some throwaway lines about him not being in metropolis for a while and he has to go show his face basically but it, i'm just curious how his how has the rest of the world reacted to maybe superman stepping out uh, a little bit or not being around as much yeah um that's a good question is he, is he spending all his time in smallville and that really impacted how much he's able to help the rest of the world that's not terribly addressed like you said so especially focusing on this problem with albeit a big problem with a bunch of kryptonians flying around in smallville um yeah but how does that impact everything else and then also john irons and the big reveal at the end of the season where his his daughter natalie has landed on this planet how much more of them are we going to see it it feels like they're trying to spin off a a new show by doing that but i I don't think they're doing that right now so i I wonder how much screen time they're going to get yeah absolutely uh, just a few more quick hit thoughts, I guess. Um, man, the opening seven-ish minutes or so of the pilot are some of the most awesome Superman yeah. <laughs> uh, moments I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't want to underscore that, but that's a. I don't want to minimize that. I should talk about that more. The, the opening montage going into that action scene, which is just awesome. I, I can't mm-hmm. think, if this is your premise for a show, I can't think of a better way to have the first seven minutes to hook you in right away it's so awesome going in using all his powers knowing what he's doing getting the backstory uh quickly but beautifully shot and everything like that the pilot in general is great and and those first seven minutes really set the tone for the show and for for the season uh i also think for being in a pandemic it wasn't really obvious looking back um there were no moments when i first watched it where i'm like man they're they're definitely you can tell they're staying socially distanced or or anything like that um i think they were really smart about it Mm-hmm. Rewatching the whole season, um, you can tell, like, okay, there's, they're really keeping the extras away from the main cast. If there's ever a crowd, there's not a bunch of crowd scenes or anything like that. So hopefully in the future things are back to normal and they're able to do that. But other than like Sam Lane standing weirdly apart from the lady talking to him in the pilot and yeah. <laughs> the football game in Metropolis um, being empty, they had explained why the Smallville one, Smallville game was empty, but the Metropolis crowd was empty in that game like those little things other than that i mean i think it was really well done uh, from a production standpoint at least the the product on screen mm-hmm. and i'm glad that they didn't try to tie it into the show and kind of it makes it more timeless you could mm-hmm. go back and watch the season anytime and you you're Hopefully. not gonna i mean yeah you're i mean obviously you're you're always gonna know that this happened during this time period but it's it hasn't dated itself to that uh, is football done? Are the boys done with football, or is it's kind of not explicitly said? It, yeah, it seems like it. I it just hasn't been a focus anymore, and they've they've moved on to bigger and better things. I guess. Uh, I did really like the. This is another quick note. Sarah being rough on John for drinking. I yeah. think it really hit me on rewatch. I thought it was really cool after having seen so much of Sarah with Kyle and her not wanting the boys to become that. Uh, was really cool and so her being really rough the first time she sees john drinking was 
smart. I, I like that. Yeah. And if, if the family is not going to step up and curb that, maybe she can be the, the kind of guiding force for that. Uh, and one question you had from the finale, I think, what was the fires to give Kyle something to do? It looked like it was random energy blasts from the eradicator. Yeah. <laughs> it's just addressing something we talked about. Um, and Friday Night Lights was on the marquee in the flashback. Yeah. Which the movie, obviously, it's probably an homage to this show being partially inspired by Friday Night Lights, the show. But the Friday Night Lights movie was in 2004. That means if Friday Night Lights came out on this universe when it did in our universe, Clark has been Superman for about 17. And that's some, when he, some good that's, how long he met, <laughs> that's how long he met Lois, which means he, they moved kind of fast and uh, met each other 17 years ago. And they've got two married with two, two boys within a few years. Uh, it just gave us a bit of a hint of a timeline. Yeah. But yeah, anything else on, on season one as a whole, I think we've hit most of the stuff we want to do. Maybe there's more stuff we can review. Um, but any yeah, thoughts it, or things to look forward to in season two? I, I think it maybe, I feel like maybe we've, we've hit all of the, not super negative, but we've hit some of maybe our, our nitpicks, uh, towards the end of this episode. But really overall, I, I can't overstate how good this was and how much I was looking forward to it and how much it, it really did kind of live up to my expectations and exceed them in a lot of places. So I, I, I think they did a really good job and I think they've set themselves up to do a really nice, hopefully long lived show that can tell some really, really interesting stories. So I, I'm just looking forward to uh, getting to know the family more and getting to see their interactions more and getting to see Jonathan step into a more of a heroic role using his human powers and maybe working with his mom. So yeah, I, I'm really happy with this first season and super looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. From a overall production standpoint, I couldn't ask for much more from the, from the writing, the direction, the visuals, the look, um, the costume, a lot of those things, you know, we can, we can nitpick all day, but we're both very positive on it overall and think it was a, a really well done first season of a TV show. Um, as far as in season two, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, season twos tend to be my favorite I think most of my long-running shows I like season two is either my favorite or second favorite season of the show. Uh, yeah. We're talking long-running stuff. You know, Smallville, my, season two might be my favorite of that show. Uh, Lois and Clark, season two is probably my second favorite. But things like that, I think it's usually, it's it hits that sweet spot of the writers and directors know what they can write. And they've still got their fresh ideas, but they have a better idea of better handle on the characters and what they can do with effects and CGI and what they can write, all of that. The cast all know their characters better and are, are really lived in there. So I think season two is usually the sweet spot. So I've got pretty high expectations for this season. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon. Mm-hmm.